So, great big good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to have you here at New Church Live. Those of you who are joining us in person, those of you who are joining us online. Now, somebody asked me to mention this, our team did. You are welcome to join our studio audience any week if you happen to be in town. More than welcome, again, it's just a small studio audience. But it's great to have you here, great to get a chance to meet you and have a little conversation. And as well as if you're online, which is the vast majority of our audience here at church, it's great to have you joining us here today as well. So, so today we're looking at this, at this interesting idea of where do we go from fear? And fear is, fear is a very real thing in our lives. And it's, it's interesting because so much of life kind of gets spun. I'm going to be going back and forth to, to, to over to this part of the stage. So much of life gets, gets kind of spun when we got fear and love and, and somehow we're just going to be able to get rid of all the fear in our life. You know, that that's what it is. It's a binary thing. You got one that's, one that's bad, one that's good. It's obviously about getting rid of the one that's bad. That's what it's all about. Good luck with that. I don't think that's how it works. I mean, if you are blessed, some of us are with, with, with children or blessed with, with other uh, children like nephews or nieces or grandchildren that you really love, how many of you get a little, little worried about them on occasion? A little fear-filled? Now, that's, that's just life. I mean, that's, that's part of it. That's, that's part and parcel of life is we will carry both fear and love with us again and again and again. And so much of spirituality is moving that tiny little word or to a, just one, one, one other little word, but it's so much more important to the word and. It's not about living with fear or love. It's about living with fear and love both at the same time, but trying to do so in a really healthy way. And that's where we can start to come back to this idea, again, which, which we hear a lot about in church circles, about a third way. A third way is simply this, friends. It means instead of constantly dividing the world into binaries, we learn a third way, a reframing a different way to hold it that, that enables us to hold it with far more wholeness, which is, which is what, what Jesus talks about all the time. In, in, the, in the New Testament, when, when Jesus uses the word perfect, the real Greek there is the word wholeness. And that's, that's what we're asked to look at, is what is the wholeness and how do we get to that as part of our lives? And it's important to acknowledge every single one of you here, and this is a great conversation to have, you know, if you're whether you're in person or online, great conversation to have some time with, with someone who you love who, who can hear it. I imagine all of us carry at least one great fear. Now, I don't know what your particular great fear might be, but, but I imagine you have one. Is it around health? Is it around relationship? Like, I, main thing I'm afraid of is being alone. Is it around finances? What's the great fear that you hold? I mean, just, just even today, can we just bring that to our consciousness and just go, oh yeah, we have that. And how can we hold that in ways that are far healthier, that are going to help us actually in the long run? And that's what we're going to do today, folks. What, what we're going to do today is, is we're actually going to try to take that fear and offer it up to God. Knowing that, that, that these fears kind of can get a life of their own. That's the problem. I mean, the challenge with fear isn't that we have it because we do. The challenge is what we do with it. And, and they tend, our fears tend to get a life of their own. They tend to, to, to run into all kinds of crazy directions. We're going to look at that. And we're going to look at how maybe we can come a little bit more from love. Not trying to solve it. Like, today is not like, it's not medical surgery today. We're going to carefully dissect and remove all fear from everyone's life. That's not how it works. I mean, even Jesus wrestles with fear. We see that all through the Easter story. But it's about trying to hold it in a new way. Trying to see it. Trying to allow there to be a dance. And, and to see if there's something over this, over this next period of time we have together, this short period of time. If there's something that resonates. Something that can help you with holding fear in a different way. So to get started today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at this question. What is the difference between your fears and reality? And as we do often here at New Church Live, we, we do a lot of these questions online. It's a way to get our online audience be able to feel part of what we're trying to do here. And what you can do is you can text in an answer to me at 215 215- 215. 
715-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. Or put an answer in the chat on some of the different platforms we're streaming on. And, and here's, here's an answer somebody gave to this. We put it out on social media. And this is a kind of thought I think that's really healthy to have. Fear. Fear is claiming something bad will happen based on reasonable evidence, which is a good point. Pulled from the past that you are right. On paper, this thing is going to be bad. Real, reality for me is understanding that God can warm hearts, change the trend, and do something totally different with the situation than my evidence suggests. I like that idea. God's going to do something than what your evidence suggests. I guess for me, fear is what happens when I remove the divine, the divine providence element from the thing itself. It's a beautiful response. And if you'd like to offer a response, please do. Take a, take a look at that question. And, and today what we're going to do is we're going to launch onto that and really try to look. How do we put fear and love together? How do we hold these things in a new way? A way that can bring a lot more life to you and make life much more enjoyable. So friends, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Good morning, everyone. This is a song called Be Here Now. Lord knows it's so easy to give up if you don't get it right the first time. But life will always provide a chance for a second try. When your body's been beaten up and your faith is broken down, Go the extra mile that allows you to be here now, be here now. Be here now. Sometimes you'll have to do it on your own, and no one will be by your side. So you can prove to yourself alone that you're prepared for the darkest ride. Sometimes it's hard to hold on Although the feeling is far from gone But go on and let yourself be proud Of the moment that you're in now Be here now Be here now And when I'm feeling far away From the life I've always known Yesterday and let the present be my home. And when the worries of tomorrow start floating in my head, I let them sink beneath the surface because it hasn't happened yet. And for the loved ones I miss, you'll never be too far. Because the best part about this gift is that I can keep you in my heart. So when I feel I can't go on and I'm feeling down I can hear your voice reminding me live in the moment and be here now Be here now Be here now Be here now What a beautiful song and, and that idea of like being here now and can we be here now and can we take these these fears that are that are the ones that are more debilitating knowing that there'll be some we just carry with us through our lives and just really find a way to offer it up to God 
And that's, that's so much what we're going to try to do today. And, and it's, it's, it's today's surgery. Surgery over here. I'm using the word surgery now. You know, today's, today's sermon, it was just, it was fun putting it together. And there's so many like little, small, nuanced, fine elements that are hard to convey in words. And so I, I hope we can convey them. I hope we can share them together. And maybe just you can take one or two points that seem to really just help you going into the week ahead. So, so let's get started looking at this over here, folks. Like, I, I really do find it instructive to get that, that here are the events and the people of our lives. Like, and we can set them right down here. What are the events and the people? The events are just the events, and the people are just the people. Just hold them as that for a minute. And we can come from one of two perspectives. We can, we can look at the events and the people in our lives from fear. We can look at the events, the people in our lives from love. I think most of the time, and this is, a, I think, a very spiritual thing to do, actually, we, we put our arms around it all. So here's the events and the people. Obviously, we have love. Obviously, we have fear. And, and we kind of hold it all together. I think, I think that's kind of the, the, the amazing nuance of a real spiritual life is, is we can actually embrace the wholeness of it. The challenge, I think, becomes this. The challenge, I think, with a lot of these things is the projections that we make. And, and that's where it seems to shift. It was interesting when we were talking in sermon writing team, we have a group that meets every week, chats about the sermon ahead. And we were talking about it, and we we're talking about how do you know the difference between a good fear and a bad fear? And somebody brought up the brilliant point, it's all in the projection. Think of the projection. Here's my little prop for the day. You know, the big light, right? And, and we, can, we can take something from fear, right? Make this big old projection out there onto the world, looking through our fears, projecting from here, projecting to that place. Or we can do it from love, again, looking through here, projecting from that place. And I want to talk for a minute about the projections of fear. Now, this is a question, you know, way back when, when New Church Live, you know, pre-COVID, and, and uh, where most people weren't viewing online, this is the kind of question I would have been out in the audience with a microphone because I think it's an important question. When you think about the idea of fear, and our, and our worst fears, folks, by the way, come from hell. Our, our best loves come from heaven. And, and it's interesting, a little aside, when people are going through a really hard time when they're all feared up, if you ask them, well, does that feel like hell? They'll go, oh yeah. Isn't it interesting, right, that we, that we know what feels like hell? Literally, we use that statement. Because we really do. We know what it's like to be all feared up. And it's, it's the question, and, and, and again, think about this, maybe have a conversation over lunch after this. It's a really big question. If you're thinking about projections, what are the projections that hell would have you make out of your fear? Now, what do I mean by projection? What does that mean? Well, well I, think, I think for me, like one of the things I can struggle with sometimes is a fear over economic uncertainty. You know, just, I get anxious around money things. I don't know why, doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, never lived that way, wasn't raised that way, but it's just something I struggle with. Instead of just having a fear, I will make the projection, I've said this several times here, I will make the projection where I can go from zero to homelessness in about five seconds. That's the projection. And you have to think for yourself that those fears that feel debilitating, just think for a minute, and I'm just gonna, gonna ask you to take a breath here. Just think for a minute, what are the projections you make out of that fear? You, if you live life from here, how do you see, what, what is hell asking you to think about the future a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? I mean, in those projections, they don't have to be far off. What are those projections telling you is going to happen right after church? That's, that's big to remember. The fear, folks, is, is part of life. I so much want to live a life that's fearless. And yet, when I watch people who really live pretty fearlessly, they kind of scare me. <laughs> You know, I, I, I see people who just don't seem to quite have that, that, that gene that, you know, driving, you know, 100 miles per hour on I-95 is not a great idea. 
you know, people who don't have that particular, I just think that's not, not necessarily a great way to live. So fear, this idea of wrestling with it, how we hold it, very important. Now, what's, what's interesting, folks, to me around this is, is when hell has us project out, right? Hell has us project out. And this is very much a piece of Christian New Church theology. What happens is, is when we start to live just from here and we turn, we turn away from love, we've turned away from love, we're just living totally out of our fears, we're immersing our lives more and more in fear. This is how hell is governed by fear. This is the, 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 the air that's breathed in hell is fear. Think about where that goes eventually. And it's, it's interesting, right? You know, from a Christian New Church perspective, if you live in fear, you will end up more and more and more alone. Think about that. Isn't that fascinating? Because we give, we give, at least I do, I shouldn't say, shouldn't say use the royal we here. I give so much credence to, to bad stuff, like, well, that's the real thing, and da-da-da, People do bad stuff. They all, gra- they all gravitate together and it ends up being like this, this mass. If you've watched, uh, uh, you know, I'm thinking, thinking the orcs from which one was that? That was the, uh, totally forget the movie. But, but you know, like this, this mass of people, you know, and it's, it's not how it is. Really, when we come from fear and we're more and more and more afraid, our lives get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Think about that. Till they actually get pretty tiny. This is what Emanuel Swedenborg said about it, which I thought was interesting. This quote, he said, said you know, the, the worst of devils, the worst of hell, they're afraid of everybody. You know what that's like. Imagine you go into an environment where literally you trust no one, and there's good reason to trust no one. What's going to happen to your life? What's going to happen to your ability to connect to other people? It's going to get pretty small. And you're going to harbor that same thing. What does this lead to in turn, folks? Well, it leads to paranoia. We end up being extremely paranoid when we turn love away and we're just coming from our fears, we're immersing our lives in our fears. It leads to a lot of paranoia. And sometimes I think that can be kind of light. I imagine all of us have certain areas where we're, where we're paranoid. But this is the deeper, more malignant kind of paranoia I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, being a history teacher and, and somebody who likes, likes sort of uh, adventure movies, I think, think about Voldemort from Harry Potter and I think about Adolf Hitler from world history. And, and I know, you know, about Adolf Hitler having taught for, for a long period of time, you know, Hitler was, he was paranoid. He was paranoid. He, he literally had food tasters. You know, by the last, by the last year of his, of his reign in Germany, 44 to 45, he wasn't even going out in public anymore because he was so paranoid. That's, that's kind of the fruit that, that a life lived around fear eventually does. And, and what happens, folks, is then we get to this point here, where the projection of our fears become the content of our lives. That's, that's really important. And I don't mean to sound like a donor. We're, I mean, excuse me, a downer. We're going to get to the good stuff here in a minute. But, but you have to think, what happens in your life when this happens? When, when all these projections, when we take these projections of our fears, we look out there into the world, and that literally becomes the content of our lives. That's not a happy place to be. And so what we need to do is we, we need to break that, which is why we had the question, you know, so, so we can understand that the content of our lives may be very different from the content of our fears. So the content of our fears will say it's the content of our life. And your job is to go not so fast. That maybe it doesn't work that simply. Maybe there's a way to divide it out. A way to see it in new ways, because if we don't, folks, if we don't, if all we're coming from here, what we're gonna be fighting is ghosts. We're gonna be out there with fears that are projecting onto a world that that simply doesn't exist. We'll be fighting ghosts. Beautiful line from Leviticus. Beautiful line from Leviticus here. The sound of a windblown leaf will put them to flight. They will run as though fleeing from the sword. They will fall even though no one is pursuing them. So you will not be able to stand before your enemies. 
That's, that's when it's run to just an incredible extreme. But friends, you know, the, the call of God is just, it just puts us in such a different place. We come to a place far different from that, and it's instead of this idea of, of paranoia, you have this beautiful line from Isaiah. And this is where kind of our life, our life settles into faith. And I, I just, I, I love that phrase, right? Our life settles into faith. When we do that, we can hold all these things, actually. When we do that, we get, yep, fear, love, events, and people, it's, it's all going to kind of come together. But we're able to hold it because we know, we're able to hold it because we know we are being held. Because we know there's a loving God there with us. Here's the beautiful line from Isaiah 41. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help, help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Very much, a, you, know, you can hear some of Jesus' words there. Uh, you know, fear not, for I've overcome the world. The world will give you dismay. It will give you trouble. But, but fear not, I've overcome the world. What starts to happen, what starts to happen there, folks, is a very different thing. So the projection, notice how the projection changes. The projection of our fears is divided from the content of our lives. We're not doing that anymore. We're starting to see the world in a, in a very different, very different way. And, and now imagine this, right? Imagine this. So we, I asked, well, what, what's the future that hell would project for you? A year, five years, 10 years, right after church. Like, what's the projection there? If you take that, if you take your deepest fear, whatever it is, and you project out, just think about that, right? Think about that headspace. Let's go the other direction. What's the projection hell wants you, excuse me, what's the projection heaven wants you to make? Really? What's the projection heaven wants you to make? Here's, here's some ideas. I think when, when I stand in a place of love and I'm humble and I'm allowing God to kind of just, just, just be part of my life at that moment as humbly and perfectly as I can, and then I start looking over there and I start making my projections. These are the projections I make when I'm at my best. doesn't happen that often, by the way. I'm able to look over at things. I'm able to go like, you know what? That person is trying the best they can. That person who might have hurt someone, there's tragedy there too. The projection of compassion. How can I look at that person with compassion? Even for our own worries. I mean, just the projection I think heaven would have us have on our own worries is, 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 or our own fears even, like going to the extreme. I, I think it's the same projection that, that your parents made for you when you were a little kid and you crawled into bed because it was a scary night. And your parents inevitably said, it's going to be all right. At least I hope that's what they said. Because <laughs> that's what's true. It's a very different kind of projection. And folks, it, it's like this is where, I, I mean, this is almost like a workshop question. I hope you take time to really think and maybe journal just a couple of things. Maybe just journal after church. Like, what are three things? Like, what are the projections heaven would have you make on life a year from now? Five years from now, 10 years from now, even coming back to the present, what are the projections heaven would have you make right after church today? And that's, that's I think, is so much, when we, look at, when we look at the life of Jesus, I think that's, that's what so much of his life, God incarnate was, was, was to say, like, look, you can walk through life and you can project love everywhere. And this is, this is looking at, at Jesus' life like from a 10,000, 20,000-foot level. You know, it's a three-year ministry that was not easy. But somehow, despite all that, you have this con con consistent, consistent, consistent projection of love, not a projection of fear. And that rhythm, right, it's, it's, it's worth noting again and again and again 
the gospel has four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different perspectives on Jesus. People will talk about why did they give four different perspectives? Well, just because that's how they knew you had to see. You had to be able to see God north, south, east, west. You had to be able to see God from different perspectives. And all those different perspectives, yes, they have a different view, but no, they don't. It's all one view. It's all a projection of love. How do you project love onto other people, including those who are your enemies? That's Jesus' that's that's the way, folks. That's where we start to answer, where do we go from fear? It's not that all of that, friends, is is big and fancy and and complicated. It was interesting reading this this sermon by a a female pastor. She was talking about, I'm going to read, read just a little section for you here. She was talking about her child having cancer. And one of the things she said was she said, you know, it's, it's interesting in life. In life, we always want the 10 experience. Like scale of 1 to 10, we all want the 10. For those of us from Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia region, uh, you know, last week, I realize this is, will be a dated comment for many. Uh, for, those, for those of you in the Philadelphia area, everybody wanted a Super Bowl victory and a Super Bowl parade. We all wanted that 10 experience. Is life always going to be a 10? Even a nine? Yeah, <laughs> we'll take seven, right? I, I think life is, 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 is really lived so much in the ordinary. And that's the beauty, right? It's not about a projection of love that can go up like the bat light only at the times when it's huge and overwhelming like a big wedding ceremony. It is great to have a wedding ceremony that's a 10, but that's not where life is going to be lived in a marriage. It's going to be lived one forgettable Wednesday at a time. And this this female pastor was talking about how, with her daughter, how that shifted all that. Daughter with a serious cancer diagnosis, afraid of losing her daughter. And this is what she said. It was the four and the fives I began to crave just lying in bed with her, talking, watching her eat pasta and ask for more, seeing her swim, even the ones and twos, like when our car broke down and we needed to find a tow truck, felt like wins. What is a transportation problem but a manageable hassle, really? At least we were together. At least we were together. Let's go back to the model again. Here's the event. Cancer, here's the person, a daughter. Here's a mom who's learning in a very blessed way to look at that where the fears are obviously present. Like anybody who has a child with cancer is going to have a lot of fear in their life. It's just going to be present. And the love will be more. And that love got to be down, drilled down to this gratitude of even watching her daughter eat pasta. If you have children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews, it's not always pleasurable to watch them eat pasta. (laughs) It was, folks, listen, listen. It was a miracle for this mom. It was a miracle. I think there's so much there in terms of how we're to start to see life, and there's, there's a faith that grows out of it. This is from the book Secrets of Heaven. When the Lord is with someone, he leads him or her and makes provisions so that all that happens, whether sad or joyful, may bring him or her what is good. So even in those moments, God's work is constantly going to be trying to surface something good out of it. Not to erase all the hard parts. Notice, the mom is not talking about prayer healing that gets rid of cancer. She's talking about prayer that even finds the miracle in the mundane. Finds the goodness in the pasta. Finds the goodness in the broken down car. And what's the goodness that she discovers that that God brings to the fore? It's that simple line, at least we were together. 
It's a powerful way to start to see the world. And that's a powerful way to start to see the projection of love. What starts to happen then, folks, is this. And as the musicians come out, this is a beautiful line to think about. The greater the amount of love, the greater is the fear of injuring what is present, precious. Yet fear does not appear to be fear. Again, as we go into our next song, just, just think about what that means. What is that, what is that really like? When we, when we start to understand, yeah, there's, there's, there's this incredible amount of love, and yeah, there's fear around it, but somehow the love totally subsumes the fear. It doesn't eliminate it. It just, it just, the fear just doesn't appear to be fear anymore. It's still there. But there's this much greater love. Heartbroken as it often is, there's much greater love, a much greater presence of God, a much greater place to live in a place where we are living beyond just our fears. Don't 
Thank you very much, Angela. Yeah, and the website really is, it's a great resource. We got a lot of great things coming up. We do a lot, you know, we got, again, we got a trip coming up to Charleston. Uh, we do trips all over the place, and as well as a book club, we do a lot of different things. So more than welcome to find what works for you and to join us in that endeavor. It's a, it's a great way just to build community, and that's the name of the game. So, so friends, it was, it was great reading backstage, you know, the different things that people sent in, and people always send in really good stuff, I gotta say. I'll just read a few of them here. Uh, differences for me between fear and reality is in reality, I turn to God and ask him what he has to say about this fear I'm carrying. I'm carrying. Surprise, he always has the right thing to say about this fear, and the word courage always shows up in his words, and it's interesting because that's where we're gonna be transitioning to is courage here in a minute. Another person writes, reality is the life I live here by faith. Fear is the rust on the zipper of that life, well said. Another person writes, the difference between my fear and reality is that being a provider for my family is not all on me. God has me in the palm of his hand. It is interesting, right? Like with, yeah, boy, that's a good point. You know, just thinking out loud a little bit, maybe that's so much a sign of unhealthy fear when we believe really it's just all on us, that that's not necessarily a healthy place to be. Uh, another person writes, in fact, 90% of fear is non-existent. And I actually read an article from David Brooks that said that. It was interesting. And we'll offer a final one here from out of Michigan. I'm surprised by how often something I fear feared in the upcoming day ends up being a highlight. <laughs> it is, that is very true. And, and folks, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about courage here, right? Because courage, courage is not just this wanton disregard of fear. You want to be courageous in your life? Know the fear. You know, actually, I don't think you can choose courage unless you also are really clear on, on what the fear is. If not, it's borrowing from Stanley Hauerwas here. If not, that's just, that's just recklessness. Recklessness and courage are different things. But it's, it's interesting, right? Like, like we all want this life of courage and, and so much of this courage is where we learn to dance with the fear, the love, and then sitting in the middle, what are the events and other people in our lives? It's this, it's this dance around this thing. What, what the ancient Christians called in Greek parakoresis, which is an amazingly fun word that I've preached on several times. That's the dance. That's, that's how it all starts to work. I'm, I'm blessed to just be able to do a lot of different things. I mean, that's it's really a fun part of my particular role as a pastor. And, and one of the things that, that the church has gotten involved in has been the Bernathan College right across the way here. And, and we do a Friday morning live, sort of a mini new church live for them every Friday morning, as well as on occasion we do special programs for them. And we did a very special program for them this past Wednesday, literally on this stage. And the college, the full college was over here. It was a great packed house. It was really a fun event. And, and it was just interesting seeing that idea of dance and seeing that idea of courage and seeing that idea of perichoresis and seeing this idea of how fear and love might come together. And so, so it was celebrated, folks, in a number of ways. They had, they had students offering poetry. They had students, large dance team was out here and students offering the gift of song as well. You know, this, this stuff that like is, in a certain sense, is terrifying. I mean, the idea of writing a poem and reciting it, okay, it probably could do that, 
Dancing in front of other people, don't worry, that will never happen. Um, and it's, and it's the, it's who sings in front, Marcus, who sings in front of people? Like, I, it's, it's craziness to me. Never in a million years would I choose to do those things. The fear just way overrides everything. And what I know is this, I know those kids were courageous. What they were trying to, just even look at all those faces, what they were trying to celebrate was the multicultural aspects of this college that they love. A beautiful line from Emanuel Swedenborg is, variety is perfection. Simple line, immense implications. Variety is perfection, not variety might be perfection, variety is good, it helps with perfection. No, variety is perfection. You wanna know what perfect looks like? Get a bunch of people together. That's perfection. Not homogeneous behavior, but the idea that out of all this different collective, as we get ourselves organized, this gets back to the third way, we get ourselves aura oriented to a true north and we start moving together as a group, each of us with our own voice, that's what perfection is from a Christian New Church perspective. And that's what we celebrated here on this stage. And, and I was thinking about that, folks, right? And the, the courage, right? The courage those students had, not only to perform, but to perform in front of their peers including no doubt for some of them knowing in the audience were both a guy they might like or a girl they might like, wanting to see if they could impress, I'm sure. But here was, here was the amazing part, and I think this is, this is so much the lesson of, of what we want to live in life, is can we step into this place of courage, knowing again that there's fear and there's love, but really let the love be the driver Courage, folks, and many of you know this, but if you haven't seen us before, I'm going to remind you of a beautiful part of that word. <clears throat> Excuse me. Core is heart. Age is like pilgrimage, hermitage, it's where we live. Courage is where your love lives. It's where your heart lives. And then we use that to overcome the fear. So both are true. Both are present. It's not about jettisoning one. Like, again, good luck with that. You got that figured out, write a book, and you'll be, you'll be set. It's not that at all. Is courage is love, just think of this. Courage is love that has said its prayers. Courage is love that has said its prayers. Imagine, imagine you could live like that, Right? Imagine you can live that kind of fearlessness. Now, that's not you're living life without fear. It's learning, you're learning to fear less. You're learning to be fearless. Like, divide the words up. Because somehow you know that that love is more important than anything. That that relationship, that community building, that service, whatever it is, you know, you know that's more important than every, anything. And you know, listen carefully, folks, you know that that love is more important than your fear. You know that love is more important than your fear. Now, of course, hell's going to be telling you, no, it's not. Hell's going to be saying, no, I want this fear to form the content of your life. That's where you have to say No. It's not going to form the content of my life. It's going to be part of my life, but it's not going to be the content of my life. I'm going to give it a brief reference in the prologue. And then I'm going to start writing chapter after chapter of stepping through with courage into life, into the life that God created me for, in the life that somehow we feel called to. That's where we want to go, folks. Because I, I think so much of life, it's those little Constant choices again and again where we choose courage, which is the exact when we choose courage, it's the exact same thing as saying, I'm choosing love. No different. Try that on. When we do that, I think we get a sense of how we can move from fear. Obviously, there's a plan where it's here. Where can we go from here? Well, where can we go from fear? Well, we can go to courage. We can make a difference. We can take a step. 
We cannot allow fear to run our whole lives. We can embrace that it is part, but it is not the whole game. And what can that mean? Friends, it simply means we can love. So may you have a week of that. May you have a week where, where something in here stirs for you. Do think, friends, just to give a quick, short recap. You know, I would take the time to think, yeah, what are the projections your fear is making that would come from hell? What are the projections that your love is making? What are the projections that would come from heaven? Like, how would heaven have you see the world? Put those side by side. I think the choice becomes obvious pretty quickly. And then choose. Choose love. Choose courage. And friends, choose to have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We look forward to having you join us again next week at New Church Live. And what we're going to do now is now we're going to do a little prayer, uh, a little, little meditation, a little blessing, and then we're going to go into our last song. So please join me for a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for being with us in this dance, this dance between our fears and our loves and our events of our life and the people in our lives. Thank you for joining us in that dance. And help us, Lord, as we do our best existing within that dance, to again and again, when we're looking at the question, where do we go from fear, maybe allow one word to pop up, and that word is this, courage. To choose courage is to choose to love. Embracing it all and still willing to take the steps that you call us to take. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to do that, to see that, maybe even to be that as we move into the week ahead. Bless our ways, Lord. Protect those in the world who are living lives of courage. And guide us all, guide us all home. Hear our prayer. Our Father who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, friends, and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week.
slept in the woods last night when the night winds call. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week.